0: turn with me to Hebrews chapter 11 today. If you're wondering where Hebrews is, it's in your New Testament, second half of your Bible, Hebrews chapter 11. We're doing a series here at Thrive. It is called Faith Journey. Everyone say Faith Journey. And the reason why we call this series Faith Journey is because we really believe that every single person here, whether you consider yourself a Christian or not, whether you consider yourself religious or not, whether you come from a church background or not, that every single one of us is on our own faith journey. Every single one of us is trying to figure out our next step, and we're exploring issues of faith in one way or another. And that's why in this series called Faith Journey, we are looking at the nature of faith and how faith looks like practically in your life. What difference does faith really make in a person's life? And so with that in mind, uh, we're doing this throughout the summer, looking at our faith journey. We're going to be asking different people to be sharing a bit about their faith journey. Today we've got Pastor Tim to share with us about faith journey, episode two of the faith journey. Would you please join me in giving a very warm, thrive welcome to Pastor Tim as he shares the word of God with us this morning? Could we do that like 20 times louder, church?
1: Well, thank you, Pastor. Thrive's a great place to be. Turn to somebody and say, this is a great place to be. Great place to be. Today I'm here to encourage you in your faith journey. If you're new to faith or don't understand a lot about faith, I want to endeavor to build an understanding from the scriptures concerning what faith is, And so we're dealing with the subject this morning of faith understood and realized. And uh, we need to understand the things that are in the scripture. Remember, Philip went to a man who was kind of lost, not knowing where it was at, reading Isaiah and didn't understand. And Philip came along and gave him understanding. And then faith was realized in his life and... He was baptized in that place and uh, walked forward in faith. He was an Ethiopian, and uh, history tells us that this man had an influence on Ethiopia because he was a man of influence, and uh, great things happened as a result of understanding faith. So this morning, I, I want to be open with you and honest. I, I, I want to make a, a believer out of you. you're here and you're not a believer? Don't be afraid. Give it a shot, open your heart, and uh, let God's word, God's truth speak to your heart. And uh, I trust that you will become a believer because I believe becoming a believer and being on this faith journey is the greatest life that you can have. We were made to believe. We were made to walk with God. And we were made to have a personal relationship with our Creator and with Jesus Christ, God's Son. And so, uh, please open your heart this morning as we endeavor to share with you those things of importance. When reading the Bible, you come to realize what is of the greatest importance in our lives. If I were to ask you the question, what is the big thing that God looks for in our lives, what would that be? And I I know there are many important things, but what is the big thing, the one big thing that God is looking for in our lives? What would would that be? Uh, I personally believe that it is faith. What does it take to obtain eternal life? To know that we have eternal life. To have God intervene in situations in our lives in a real way. To see a miracle take place, what does it take? To leave a legacy that will last, what what does that take? And I've studied this a bit and looked at families and looked at generations and discovered that where people had faith, it moves from generation because it's from faith to faith. It's how it works so in our in our situation I had grandparents that believed didn't know anything about God didn't have a real experience with God in their lives and then one day they heard the word of truth and they believed and then my parents believed and then we believed and our children believed our grandchildren are growing to be believers And so, in our lives, we've seen five generations impacted by somebody's faith. Faith is a very, very powerful thing. To overcome a great problem that we cannot overcome ordinarily, I believe we need faith. In the Gospels, we find some clues when Jesus said, Be it unto you according to your faith. He didn't say, be it to you according to your unbelief, although that happens. If you live in unbelief, you will get what unbelief offers you. But he said, be it unto you according to your faith. To another person he said, your faith has made you whole. You are broken in your life, you are needing help in your life, but your faith has made you whole. If you can believe, Jesus said, all things are possible to the person who believes. And so we are told in the New Testament, be faithless. Not not to be faithless, pardon me. Do not be faithless, but be believing. One person in the Bible said, Lord, I believe. But please help my unbelief. The book of Romans is the story of man guilty before God, condemned. But the story doesn't end in condemnation. The story moves on and ends with this wonderful, glorious truth. Righteousness comes to us. Salvation comes to us by faith. Because Romans 1.17 says... The just shall live by faith. It's a quote from Habakkuk in the Old Testament, chapter 2 and verse 4. The just shall live by his faith. I want to sow some seed this morning in your hearts and in your spirit from the Word of God to encourage you that it's not just our own faith while we have a measure of faith and all of us are given a measure of faith. Really, faith has its source And it's beginnings and it's birthing in God himself. It's where our real faith comes from. I live by the faith of the Son of God, Paul said, who loved me and gave himself for me. Paul the Apostle said, I count everything but loss. There's no value there. That I might be found in him, not having my own righteousness, But that which is through the faith of Christ, the righteousness which is of God by faith. Philippians chapter 3, verses 7 to 9. So as we move forward in this message, we will see that this thing called faith has something to do with God involvement in my life. With Without faith, it is impossible to please God, because he that comes to God must believe. He must believe. The Bible tells us that Jesus could not do many mighty works in his hometown because of the unbelief of the people. One occasion, Jesus said, "O oh, you of little faith." Another occasion, he rebuked them and he said. Oh, faithless generation! In our ministry, at one point, I think it was about twenty years ago, or maybe more than twenty years ago, uh, someone came to us as a guest speaker. We we held conferences where we had guest speakers come in, and we would have several days of special engagement in the Word of God and and uh, worship and all those good things. One of the speakers arrived, and I picked him up at the airplane, and he said, "You know." I have a very strange word for your church. And uh, he said, I'm almost afraid to give it, but he says, I feel I have to, have to bring it. Will you allow me to bring this word to, you, to your church at this time? He says, I, I, I'm, I feel like I have to come and rebuke your leaders and your church for a lack of faith. Well, it didn't sound too inspiring to hear that kind of a message at first, coming with a rebuke. But it was for our good, actually, because we were teetering on some, on on venturing into some great areas, but there was a little bit of fear there. And it was really crossing a line where it took a lot of faith to move into the next level. And that's what we were really encouraged to do. So we were rebuked for being... Somewhat faithless, and encouraged to go on in a new level of faith and believe God for greater things, and it worked. There were great results out of that, out of that word that came to us, and, and the church and the leaders grabbed onto that, and they said, you know, we need to repent for our lack of faith, and and we did. We repented for our lack of faith, and we grabbed grabbed a hold. Uh, of, of the lord and said we're, we're moving forward. We're not going to be a faithless generation. Can you say man? We don't want to be faithless People the bible tells us received a good report by faith. I'm going to give you 30 things Turn to somebody and say this is this this could be a long message <clears throat> 30 things I want to give you this morning very quickly out of um, out of uh, out of Hebrews chapter 11, I want to give you 30 things that... Uh, now, was I supposed to be reading Hebrews chapter 11 already? Not yet? Okay, I'm I'm doing okay. Okay, got a little confused here for a moment. Hebrews chapter 11, whether we read it or not, I'm going to be commenting from it. <clears throat> Hebrews chapter 11 gives us 30 things. Number one, people received a good report because of faith. Number two, by faith, we, we turn from being bad to being good. In other words, from being sinful to becoming free from sin. We further learn that nothing pleases God more than us trusting Him. Through faith, we are told we understand creation and the miracle of it, and we embrace creation. Unbelievers fight the concept of creation. They fight for evolutionary processes and say the Big Bang Theory is what brought it all into existence. And, uh, you know, it was a fluke. But creation is understood. When we move into the realm of faith in our lives, we, we understand the miracle of creation and we believe the creation message. You're here this morning you struggle with, how did creation ever happen? And I can't believe that, you know, that there could be a God that create. Hey, if you will start to believe you will begin to understand. That's how how it works. If you will believe, you will see. If you believe, you will understand. We can only do what is acceptable in worship by faith. He who comes to God must believe, we are told in that chapter. Because of faith, Sarah received physical power when she was an old lady, to conceive and bear a child. I mean, Abraham and Sarah were really up there in years. And they were able to have this child, Isaac. Because of faith, Abraham was ready to offer up Isaac, knowing that God would raise Isaac from the dead, even if he offered him up. He had such faith. He trusted God so much that if God was going to lead him to to actually kill his own son, that would not be the end because God would raise him up. Now that's faith. That's amazing. That's what you read about in Hebrews 11. Generational blessings are released by faith. Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Joseph. The generations... Are blessed when we start to move in the dimensions of faith you find that it's not just you that's impacted but your offspring are impacted you know the book of Acts talks about where the Philippian jailer was introduced to Jesus believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved and your house see when we move in faith Household salvation happens. It's not just for you. It's for your family. Before, for your whole clan. That's the plan of God. I believe in household salvation. Because when you have faith, you've received a very powerful thing that influences the minds and the hearts of people. And there's something about you that has a powerful impact upon other people's lives. And even your workplace is affected. Don't think that you're just a nobody going to work. You're somebody that has faith going to work and you have the fragrance of Christ in your life and you are impacting your workplace. Turn to somebody and say, you're powerful. You are powerful because of faith. When When you enter into the faith realm of living your life, you are powerful. One of the things that One of the scriptures that God gave me a number of years ago when we moved into this region was this, that the fragrance of Christ will be made known by you in every place. I said, okay, God, I'll live by that. If that's your word to us, then we will believe that the fragrance of Christ will be made known by us in every place that we go. And I believe that's a promise of God. generational blessings happen Moses parents were able to give Moses away to the purposes of God remember Moses was was born and there was this wicked thing going on that they were killing all the baby boys and so they decided in practical terms they would deal with this they put their boy in a little basket send him down the river as it were and he was raised in the palace And by faith, they were able to do this. How many of your moms would be able to put your baby in a little basket and send him away, not knowing where that baby's going to go? By faith, you can do that. You know that God has that baby in his hand, and he will work good. You see, that's faith. Faith is powerful. So his parents did this by faith. Moses was aroused by faith and refused later in his life after he grew up from being a little baby and was educated, he refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, preferring to suffer hardship with the people of God than the pleasures of a sinful life. He said, how could all of this happen? Well, somehow there was, there was a transference of, of faith to that baby. And, that, and faith came to Moses in, in that Egyptian setting. And one day he says, this is not where I belong. I'm getting out of here. I'm getting out of Egypt. God has bigger plans for me. He had plans to read, lead millions of people out of, bond, out of Egyptian bondage. And Moses became one of the greatest men that ever lived on the face of the earth because he was a very meek man. And this was happening because faith was operative in his life. Faith was operative in his parents' life, but faith was operative in his life. His faith became personal. By faith, Moses refused a false identity for a new identity. He resisted a sinful life in Egypt. Some people say, how can I resist the temptations of the world, the temptations of Egypt? Well, by faith, just like Moses. Moses was able to live a clean, pure life in sinful Egypt. He saw that serving Christ was the greatest wealth, greater than anything in Egypt. See, that's what faith causes us to do. It lifts us up be uh, above these these things that are in the world that that tug on us that pull on us to keep us down and brings us to live in a higher level with christ he could turn his back on egypt the world the flesh and the devil he saw the saving power of the cross and jesus saving the firstborn from the plagues he was they were able to cross the red sea On dry land, God opened up the sea. And the Bible says this was all done because they had faith. They saw the Egyptian armies drowned. They saw the walls of Jericho come down as they entered into the land. And the enemy became became absolutely vulnerable and they were able to plunder that city of Jericho. All of this by faith. Then the spies saw Rahab the harlot gets saved and you say is there any hope for a gal that's running a red light district business well faith says that a person like that can be absolutely transformed and i believe that rahab the harlot Became a woman of faith. She hung the scarlet cord out of, out of the window. Over the wall for people to see. Proving that she had faith in the blood of Jesus Christ. To save her. And not only was she saved. But she ends up in the genealogies of Jesus Christ. You read the genealogies of Christ. And she's, she's put in there as a saint. She was taken from sinhood to sainthood. Can you say amen? It's powerful when you think of it. And it was all by faith. Gideon, Samson, Jephthah. I love to preach on Jephthah. One day maybe we'll get a chance to do that again. David, Samuel, the prophets like Elijah and Elisha who by faith subdued kingdoms, administered justice, obtained promised blessings, closed the mouths of lions, Daniel in the lion's den, we know that story, extinguished the power of raging fire, fiery furnace, no problem. Faith was the issue. Escaped the devouring of the sword, and out of weakness, won strength. They became stalwart, even mighty, and and resistless in battle, routing alien hosts. And women received to life again their dead by a resurrection. Then others went through suffering and torture, and they say, we'll go through this, that we might even get something greater beyond this. These are people of faith. You talk about a faith journey and exciting things. I want to live a faith journey in my life. How about you? Turn to somebody and say, I want to live a faith journey. I want to live a faith journey. And the Bible says concerning these people, listen to this. I love this. It says, these people of whom the world was not worthy. You get into this faith journey And God puts you into a place where you are so important to the world that the world is not even worthy of what you have. But God has given it to you by faith. There are many ideas as to what faith is. Believing, trusting, hoping, laying laying it all on the line, believing God will come through, resting, standing on the promises of God, knowing that they had a word from God. But we're going to go to the faith chapter and we're just going to make some comments this morning about faith. I want to say first that faith is the assurance of things hoped for. Down deep, you have this assurance that what you have longed for in your heart, you will see take place. All of us have longings in our hearts for good things. And you'd like to see it take place. But the Bible teaches us when we allow faith to operate in our lives, those things that we have longed for will take place. Say with me, will take place. Will take place. Faith is that powerful. It sees something that's impossible, and faith inside of you says, this is going to take place. Seems ridiculous. I mean, Moses building an ark for 120 years for the saving of eight souls, that's ridiculous. But he persevered through that for 120 years, built the ark, saw those eight souls saved, plus all the animals. And I mean, the story lives on till this day. And it was faith, it was faith that brought about what was longed for, and it took place. It is the assurance of things hoped for. It is is a miracle seed. Now, I want you to get this this morning. This is very important. It is a miracle seed that was planted in your heart that takes root within you. It's my belief that God talks to us and God speaks to us. And his word is like seed in our spirits, seed in our hearts. And that seed... If our hearts are right and soft, that seed takes root in us and it begins to grow and it expands and faith is produced. It's this miracle seed that's planted in your heart and it takes root in you. It can come as heart assurance. It can come as as a vision like God showed Abraham when he saw the stars in the sand of the sea as representative of what he would do through his his people and and so forth. It it can come as someone is preaching, and they bring a word. It was like Letourneau, the man who invented the great earth-moving machines. He was in church in the presence of God, and the pastor was preaching, and God took him on a journey and sowed something into his spirit, That would create these huge machines it made him Very effective. I mean, there's still around in the world today the biggest earth-moving machines you can find and uh, He was the inventor of it, but it all started with as a seed Idea from God and it happened in church Expect great things to happen in your heart when you come to church God works in us. Because good seed is being sown here. Week after week. Month after month. As you're sitting under the sound of the word of God. Faith grows in the right atmosphere. True faith is, is the operation of, of the living seed and life of God growing in us. To bring forth kingdom reality. Another very important statement. Let's say that together. Faith is the operation of the living seed and life of God growing in us to bring forth kingdom reality. So it'll surprise you in time what God will do as you submit yourself to that reality. Noah saw he was warned of the flood coming, and he built an ark, which we earlier said took 120 years. And the Bible tells us that he also became heir to righteousness, which is by faith. Elijah had a word from God that it would not rain for three and a half years, and it did not rain. And then he he prayed, and it rained again. And that was all done. According to the Bible, that was all done by faith. By faith. Confirmation by the Holy Spirit and the written word that's written on our hearts makes these things happen. It's like uh, faith is like this. It's its the title deed. It's like you have a real documentation. You have this document that's written in your soul, it's like... We know of from natural terms like a property deed. When you buy a piece of property, you get the deed for that. You have ownership and you have proof of ownership. In a similar way, faith works in us in such a powerful way that we know in our heart of hearts something's written on the tables of our heart. It's in our soul. We, we just know that it's real and you believe it. Because it's like a title deed. It's documented. It's proof of things that we do not see. We cannot see it with the natural eye, but there is proof in your heart of hearts. If I was to ask for a show of hands today, I I believe there would be many here that would say, you know, God spoke something into my heart at one time, and it's just there. It's so real. I can't shake it. And as we hang on to that, and as we... Let God nurture that we see it come to pass you know that you know that you know turn to somebody and say that you know that you know that you know that's faith it's not just presumption or presuming that positive thoughts in myself away from God do these unusual things if you eliminate God and you eliminate a clear word from God, you are moving in presumption. But when you get a word from God that's confirmed by the Holy Spirit and you know it's, it's, a, it's a God word and God's involved in this thing, you can count on it. Otherwise, it can be just presumptuous. There are are some Christians, sad to say, that live in the realm of presumption. They presume it will happen, but they really haven't really had God confirm His Word to their hearts so that they they really know that this is solid from God. Further, it is rather renewing our minds to believe the God of heaven spoke it and He will do it. It is not cutting God out of the equation, it is bringing God into it. Always bring God into it. Turn to somebody and say, always bring God into it. Then you can be sure that it's real faith. If God's not there. It's not real faith. It's a type of faith. But when you bring God into it, it's real faith. That's what makes the difference. It is not trusting man to do what God is intended to do. Cursed is the man who trusts man, Jeremiah seventeen five. Faith at its best is trusting and relying on God to do what we cannot do and what only he can do. Confessing what he said he would do. Holding firm to the written word of God, the Bible. And then warring a good warfare with the true prophetic words that have been spoken. I believe the written word and the living prophetic word come to us and as those are engaged in us, we know this is from God. You know, none of the ancients had the Bible, but they had a word from God. They had a word from God and they stood on that and they did a good warfare with that word. Whatsoever is not... Of or proceeding from faith is sin. We don't want to move in that zone. We want what's from God. Can you say amen? We want what's from God. Faith can be far out, but it also can be presumptuous. And this is not good. Sometimes it's hard to, to tell the difference. True faith has its source in a true word from God. Presumption is based. On a deception which appears close to the truth but is not founded on a word from God for your situation a rhema word is a word inspired that the Holy Spirit does not cont- and the Holy Spirit does not contradict the Bible or biblical principle it is God's good pleasure to give us many good things as listed in the promises of God All kinds of things God wants to give to us as we trust him, as we believe him, as we put our faith in him. When it comes to salvation, I want you to know that it's for whoever, whosoever will. He is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. So whoever will call on the name of the Lord will be saved. That's the promise. Whoever believes on him will not perish, but will have everlasting life. That's good news. That's a faith promise. God calls us all to do impossible things which happen because we are walking with him. You see, with him it's possible. A lot of things are impossible, but they they are not him possible. All things are possible with him. Can you say amen? Let's stand. Pastor JB is going to come at this time.